God, we praise you in this place, Lord. We give you all the honour, we give you all the glory that Jesus, no matter where our heart is this morning, that we would let the love of God wash over us that we would know the heart of the Father towards us this morning, that we would know the, how deep and wide your love is toward us, that, Jesus, we stand and we glorify you, we lift your name up, and we say thank you for your love in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You may take your seats. My name's Michelle. If we haven't met before and you're like, who is this random? I've never seen her before. Does she work very hard? Um, I often um, hang out at Meroa campus, which is um, great that Pastor Phil... He's all our favourite, but he is at Meriwa, and you've got me. Um, but um, anyhow, we'll have some fun together, hey? Let's do that. Let's do that. Well, this morning, um, as we start off, I was reminded of um, a situation, a story that um, was taking place in 1989. Kids, it was a very, very long time ago, I know. I was 17 years old, and it was just a, a great time for me. I had just got my licence. I was feeling excited about things. And because I was able to buy my first car. Look at this. It's coming up. Not that. Look at that. Ford Cortina. Um, take a note of the special hubcaps that ma match the paint of this ghastly blue, really. Um, this blue, no one, everyone saw me coming. It was great. I, I kitted it out with some sheepskin covers in the seats. And um, I think it's also a sheepskin steering wheel as well. All things matching with the, um, you know, the nice fragrant tree. It was vanilla. It's also terrible now. I would never buy one of those. But it was just a great time. For me, getting my licence meant I had lots of freedom. I saved up my money. I got this, this car and I was just joyful. There was joy in me. There was joy that was lasting many, many hours. You know when you get your first car and you're like, Mum, do you need anything from the shop? I've got it. I'm out. You know, younger brother, do you want to go somewhere? Yeah, jump in the car. I'll take you there. All these things, you know, when we're, when we're joyful, you just want to get in that car. I don't know how many hours I drove that first day, but it was many. Um, I couldn't count them, but it was just a great time. I enjoyed this car. I loved this car. It was like the best thing ever. And then a few years later, a couple of years later, actually, so I was 17 when I got my license and I bought this, uh, saved up, got this car. And I was chatting with my friend then and we were around, I think, close to 20 years old. And then she was, gonna, she was telling me about this new car that she's buying and she was describing it and then she goes ahead and she buys this car and it's the later Cortina. I can't remember what that thing was, but it had the flare kit, it had the spoiler, it was lowered, it had mags, it even had a spoiler bought some steering wheel. It was amazing. It was such a good car. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Good job um, on your new car. It looks great. And then my other friend who got her license a little bit later, so then she got her license and she had bought a V-dub convertible. Now, how much fun is a V-dub convertible? It was an amazing car. And we went down the coast and we were driving and I didn't tie my hair up and I had dreadlocks when I got home and it was just a fun car. So then I've got these two friends now with their upgraded, amazing cars, and they, they were great cars. So one friend with the, that fast, really sporty, lowered car, just amazing, and this other one with this fun car, which was just, you know, convertible, top-down, driving, summer. It's, you know, we're young. We're loving life. And then I got to a point where my blue Cortina, with its matching hubcaps, as special as they are, 
wasn't quite ringing it for me anymore. And so, I, you know, I went to my mum and I'm like, Mum, I want to buy this new car. She's like, it was never, you are not, never taking a loan for a car or never um, borrowing money for a car. You must save up. And I'm like, okay, Michelle Gomans is one very determined woman. So in six months, I had to save up $7,000 and I got it done and I bought this. Where is it? Hey! <laughs> How cool is that? Mazda RX-7, 20 years old, never had to think about what I had to cook for dinner, run anyone around, anything like that. This was prime time. This was great. Also matching hubcaps. I didn't think of that before, but um, much nicer. And so... I bought this new car, and I'm like, oh, this is great. This is also sporty. It was, I would spend Sunday afternoons washing, polishing, cleaning. There wasn't a grain of sand in that thing. It was spectacular all the time. If you look at my mum van now, very opposite to this car. Um, but what I'm reminded of in this scenario is that whilst that blue car was an incredible car, it brought me a lot of joy at the time. It took me everywhere I wanted to go. There wasn't, it wasn't breaking down mechanically. It wasn't giving me any trouble. We can take this photo down, thanks. Uh, <laughs> we, it wasn't giving me any trouble. It wasn't skipping a beat. It was doing great. So why couldn't I be happy with that? The joy that that car brought me. Just because my friends got something different and a nicer car, why did I have to change? We're going to open up the scriptures this morning. We're going to speak into this today. It's in Matthew 20, verses 1 to 16, we're going to read. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard. To, into the vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who were hired first, they're expected to receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who are hired last worked only for an hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. So in this story, what we've got to realise in the context of these guys that are hanging around the, the marketplace, the labourers um, who are waiting there, waiting for a day's wage. 
So what is happening in this scenario is that they all gather on a daily basis in this marketplace because they, they lean on and they rely on this day's wage. That these are a people that are living day to day. That they, their income, their source is that they go to that marketplace and that they receive the opportunity to work for the day. So they're all gathered there. They're um, waiting for um, someone to come along where there is no Centrelink. There is no Seek app. There is no workers union. There is none of that. They go there. They go to this marketplace and they await someone that would come and offer them an opportunity to work. So that's where they're sitting there. And so you can imagine that as this landowner comes and he approaches the marketplace and there's these eager ones, the early morning crew that are waiting there and that he comes and he gives them the opportunity to work. You can imagine in that moment for someone who is reliant on a day's wage, who's reliant to survive for another day is to get work, that they are going to receive joy in their life at this moment, that they're going to receive a grateful heart, they're going to be happy at the opportunity because someone has chosen me to work, that all this stuff is going to be happening in their lives, that they are receiving this opportunity to work, they are receiving one denarius for the day, that they get this opportunity that this great guy has offered me work for the day and that there is joy there is gratefulness there is happiness there's all these things that would have been flooding in their hearts in this point of time and for each one of us that for me for that blue car for something that I longed for that I saved up for that I waited long time for that moment that yes I get to buy my blue car with its hubcaps. And I was so happy. I was so joyful. There was nothing that anyone could do that was going to take that joy from me in that moment. There was this thing that I longed for and I eventually got. And there was joy that came in the morning for these guys and for our lives. There might be something that you, um, you may know for your own life where you have longed for, where you have waited for, and that you received that joy in your life. Maybe it was when you got married or you found your partner or you had your kids or whatever it may be. And that we receive this amazing amount of joy in our life as a result of that. You know, there's a joy that will come in the morning, those first moments when we long after something. But what happens also is what we realise is that joy that comes, that joy that we once felt can also fade, can also be taken from us. And I'm going to call this the joy stealer, which is comparison. Because what happens, this landowner says to the foreman, go out, it's 6pm, go call the workers in and we're going to pay them. We're going to pay them from the last to the first. So we got the 5pm crew, we got the 3pm crew, we have the noon crew, we have 9am here and we got those early bird, eager, keen, they got paid. And he says, come, let's start from the last and then we'll go down to the first. And he says to the, these guys who have worked one hour, he says, there you go, thank you, one denarius, just as we agreed to, here's your pay. And he goes down the line and he's paying these. But can you imagine what's happening here? These early morning crew, they've been there 12 hours. 
They've worked really hard in the heat. They bore the work. They've done everything longer. They've worked hard. It's been hot. And they've worked 12 hours. So they're getting excited. Well, if they got one denarius and they've worked one hour, imagine how much we're going to get. So they're sitting there getting excited, I can imagine, about what's going to come their way. And so then we get this landowner. He comes up here and he's, he's paid this guy his one denarius. Then he goes down the line and these guys are getting real excited because here comes the moment. The landowner's here and he's going to give us our pay. And he gives them over what they received in the morning. Joy, because they got a job. Happiness, they got a job. Grateful, because they got a job. They're sitting there, they're excited because they've, they've rocked up early and they were the first ones chosen. And they received all of this in the morning. They received their joy in the morning. They received all that happiness. They were glad, they were relieved that they were able to this opportunity to get this work. And in one moment, when he hands over the denarius, what takes place? Grumpy. Grumpy because he turns and he's envious. Because why did this guy, who worked only one hour, how does he deserve what I got? How does he deserve the same as what I've done? I've worked harder. I've worked longer. I've been in the sun the whole day long. I've worked for 12 hours. And what happens here? is that he starts to compare what has happened there. He starts to get jealous. He starts to be envious. He starts to start complaining. He's getting grumpy. And for each one of us, that that can happen in our lives. That as we look to what others have got, what others received, as we look and say, well, I've been here at 6 a.m. serving all morning. Where's everybody else? Or I've been here working really hard. Why didn't I get that promotion at work? Or I've been sitting here and I've been doing all that I can do. Why was I not chosen for that thing? Or it could sound a little like this. You know, my best friend, her husband takes the kids, feeds them, he picks them up from school and he works full time. My husband, I deserve that as well. Or you may compare yourself to some amazing family. We'll pick the Inghams because most likely 50% of you are sitting next to one of them. And they are amazing. Whether they've got Ingham in their name or not, you, you are sitting next to one of them. And they're an incredible family. You're like, well, how do I get into that family? They're an incredible family. And we start comparing our family to their family. Or you start thinking, well, I wish my family generationally was Christians. And all of this stuff starts to happen. And we start to lose the joy that we once had. Kids, I'm going to do a survey. Where's Kelsey? Kelsey, what did you get for Christmas? She was telling me she got a hairbrush. Not only a hairbrush, a purple hairbrush, right? She was stoked with that. That, you know, at Christmas time, when we see our kids, when we, maybe not only kids, I get very excited at Christmas time. Um, when we are at Christmas, the joy that comes around seeing the expression on our kids' faces when they receive that gift and they love it. Or you might be in that toddler stage where they love the box more than the actual gift. Um, wherever you are, you see this joy that comes. But what we've got to recognise is there a joy stealer of comparison. Well, why is my family not like the amazing Inghams? 
Or why am I not getting that job when someone else got it? I deserve that. And we can start comparing all these things that other people have. And we lose sight of how incredible my husband is. How incredible my family is. How incredible my job is. And we start losing sight of that. And we start comparing, well, my husband doesn't do any of that. Or my, I miss out on that job opportunity. And we lose sight of what we've actually got. Joy can be lost when we start comparing ourselves, our situations to others. But there is a joy keeper, and I'm calling it gratitude. The line that kept coming to me as I was, I was preparing was that line in um, Another in the Fire. There's a grace where my heart is under fire. And I believe for each one of us, this wrestle of comparison is real. And there is a grace when that comes at us. That there is a heavenly father where we see the landowner who is generous. And he gives to this guy who's worked one hour. The same is to the guy who's worked 12 hours. There is a gracious, loving father that for each one of us that we come to him. That we all wrestle, I believe, with comparison. Be it on social media, be it real time, be it, you know, secretly in your heart that we all wrestle with this thing and that as we wrestle with that, as we, we deal with that and with our own lives towards God, that giving that over to him, that what shapes and what refuels that, that joy, that keeps that joy going, I believe is being grateful for what we have received, being grateful for what is in our lives, being grateful. How good would it be that that guy who's received a denarius for one hour, that this guy can be so happy that he was able to have a day's wage the same as him? That is the point where we live. And I believe we live um, very differently in that regard to a lot of people. And we can do that because of our gracious, generous Father, that we can stand there and we can see and celebrate those that are getting promoted, those that are doing amazing, those that are growing and leading and, and thriving in life because we are grateful for what we have in our hands. And there is a grace for that because that, that, that struggle, I feel, is really real for us, that where we do start to look around it doesn't seem quite what we've got doesn't seem quite as good as what everyone else has got and I believe that this morning it's time to deal with that it's time to deal with what is going on in our hearts many may not even be aware of the struggle the wrestle of comparison for you but this morning, what we do have the opportunity to do is come before this gracious, generous landowner called God and that we can bring that and lay it down at his feet. And we pray that there will be an overflow of joy because of the one we know, for the hope, for the love, for the grace of the Father that comes, that we would have eyes to see all the things that we do have, all the things that we can be grateful for. 
and that we would continually give our, um, give our, it's <laughs> God, gratitude, and also be thankful for those things. Do not, I do know, as we are being grateful, as we are being thankful, as we are giving thanks for what we do have, what we start seeing is those situations very differently. We start seeing our husbands in a different way. We start seeing our wives in a different way. We start seeing our jobs and our perspective of that changes because what we, where we are placed and how our heart is. So we pray that this morning, I'm going to invite the band back up and I'd invite everyone to stand. I'm going to pray for us as we, we stand. And what, we, what I feel is that this is important. Why is this story in the Bible? It's because Jesus knows the heart of who we are. That we have a hard time accepting this generosity towards others. We have a hard time accepting sometimes what's going on around us. And when we do, we miss out on the party. When we are there, grumpy, standing there, being all miserable, we miss out on the party. And there is a party that is being held every day. And we can fill our hearts with gratitude and with love and with grace to celebrate and be thankful for what God has placed in our lives. So I'm going to pray for us while every eye is closed. If you want to just pop up your hand like, yep, I want more of that. I want more joy in my life. I want love in my life. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every heart that is responding to you. Lord, for each and every one of us. Lord, where we have looked at what others have got, where we have lost sight of what you've given us. Lord, I pray that you would, now as in each one of our hearts, would just surrender that to you, that we'll hand it over to you. And my prayer is that your love would flood our hearts, that we would know that generosity of the Father, that we would know the, the love of the Father. And that Jesus, that from deep within, that there will be a joy, there will be a gratitude that springs forth from every single one of us. That, Lord, that there would be, um, Lord, an inexpressible joy. That, Lord, that we enter into that party, that we enter into those places celebrating those around us, celebrating those that are succeeding, those that are doing well, those that are, are just flying and doing great. Heavenly Father, change us, move us, grow us, stretch us in this. That when our heart is under fire, that our eyes would see the good in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks, team.